It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment, our overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season is different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching you are locked on Bengals your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day what up Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the locked on Bengals podcast this is your Monday night football preview I'm your host Jake Lisko along with your other host James Rapine James Ryan Finley will be starting for the Cincinnati Bengals against the Pittsburgh Steelers for the second year in a row. The young-ish second-year player did start against the Steelers as a rookie. That year, he played against Duck Hodges. This year, the competition will be a little stiffer. We'll start there with the Bengals quarterback situation and then get into the things that we care about and are watching on Monday Night Football, where the Bengals have slipped to 14-point underdogs at home. What other teams have been 14-point underdogs at home, and what happened in those games? We'll cover that for you, too, just in case you're curious. But we're going to get started with the Bengals' situation at quarterback heading into this tough Monday Night Football matchup. I think the Bengals were holding out hope this week that Brandon Allen might be able to play. Zach Taylor described him as truly day-to-day Brandon Allen did not get healthy in time for the game, so Ryan Finley will be backed up by Kevin Hogan as the Bengals face one of the best pass rushes in the league with a quarterback who isn't very attuned to what's happening around him in the pocket in Ryan Finley. And so I mentioned Kevin Hogan as a backup because he may be needed. I mean, we may see a record, a franchise record at least set Four sacks taken in a game, or maybe not. Maybe maybe everybody steps up. Maybe they have a run-heavy game plan and just kind of try to protect their quarterback a little bit here, try not to get a third quarterback hurt. But Ryan Finley has a very tough task ahead of him. It's a really hard spot to be in. And to his defense, entering in that Washington game with the, with the team completely deflated, I mean, that was, that was a rough spot, right? Obviously. Last week... Same thing. Rough spot for Ryan Finley. And I'm not defending him from a a talent standpoint or or saying that he's going to be good or anything like that. But it's just been uh, a struggle. And uh, I can see why. And I don't think it's just him. The unfortunate part of this, and this is honestly, Jake, that this is kind of a, a Zach Taylor thing. When you decide to go to Brandon Allen, there's no way that doesn't affect Ryan Finley's confidence. And so his confidence is probably probably the lowest of any, literally any quarterback in the league right now. Any of them it doesn't matter if it's the the fifth string backup practice squad. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who it is or what it is. And so now you got to roll with him against, like you said, the best pass rush in the league, one of the best defenses in the league. T.J. Watt, 
with a below average offensive line, with an offense that has has averaging 8.25 points per game over the past four weeks, I believe. That's that's a tough spot to be in. And they've scored more than that. But I'm talking about offense, not special teams points there, by the way. It's a it's a really tough spot to be in. But if you flip it and just look at the positive, if Finley can somehow show something in this situation, knowing his opponent, knowing the challenge, knowing the offensive line and what what's going on uh, in Cincinnati this year, then it can kind of I don't want to say revitalize his career, but prevent his career from ending. I mean, he's he's got to show the NFL something because let's say Zach Taylor's out at the end of the year. Who's picking up Ryan Finley to be anything on their roster, given what he's shown when he's been out there over the past two seasons? I think that goes hand in hand with what we're evaluating in Zach Taylor right now as well. If Zach Taylor can't put something together down the stretch here and the Bengals do decide to move on, where is he going to land? He's potentially auditioning for himself for future jobs as well. His most recent NFL job, of course, quarterbacks coach. He could potentially land himself back into that role. But often when head coach experiments go poorly like this, it can, at least for a time, slow down a guy like Zach Taylor's career, who I think was probably seen by some, at least, as an ascending coach in the NFL. Do you think that, James, when they drafted Ryan Finley, they traded up to go get Ryan Finley? Now he's made, this is going to be his fourth NFL start. I mean, could you ever imagine this guy's career going this way? This is not what the Bengals had in mind when they went up to go get him at fourth. They thought he would be a safe backup quarterback. He has shown instead that he just doesn't have the mental speed or arm strength to play in the NFL. And in the same round where they drafted Mike Jordan, that fourth round, Zach Taylor's first fourth round, man, looking tough in retrospect. No doubt about it. And and Jordan, talk about difficult situations. Hey kid, go go play and prove yourself, right? And it's uh his inconsistency. I see why he was a fourth rounder, right? You can see flashes of it. He's just too damn inconsistent for his own good. And with Finley, this is on Taylor. Like you know he was banging his fist for him and, and wanted him. And I do wonder, and it sounds so damn silly now, but if you time back to 2019 in April in the draft. If the Bengals are thinking, we may have just drafted our quarterback of the future. Sounds so damn silly. And it might not have been for 2020. But maybe they franchise tag Andy Dalton after he plays well under Zach Taylor for a year. Or, or you know, whatever the case may be. Or no, they, Andy was under contract for two years. So, yeah, maybe they thought, how crazy would it sound now? But maybe they thought that Ryan Finley was going to be their quarterback of the future. I would like to think that they know that a fourth round quarterback is not likely to be their quarterback of the future, especially one as old as a rookie as Ryan Finley was. But at this point, looking at their recent draft track record, I guess I can't put anything by them. Coming up next, we take a look at those 14 point home underdogs and what that means exactly for the Cincinnati Bengals team and perhaps more impactfully Zach Taylor's future in Cincinnati. This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 
10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Athletics' Jay Morrison did some research on some odds, James. In the last 10 years, the Bengals will be the 12th team to be home underdogs of at least 14 points. Out of those 12 teams, one of them has actually won the game. That was the St. Louis at the time Rams hosting New Orleans. In 2011, they won 31-21 to in a game where they were 14-point underdogs. A couple other notes that I find interesting when I look at this list, there are some repeat offenders. Jacksonville in 2012, then 2013, and back-to-back years were 14.5-point underdogs. They covered in one of those two games. The Miami Dolphins twice in 2019 were 18- and 15-point underdogs. That was early in that season, early last season, before Brian Flores kind of turned things around down there. They didn't cover either of those. They were 18-point dogs against the New England Patriots and lost that game 0-43. to That's quite a lot of points. Another repeat offender, the Washington football team in the last two years. 2019, they were 15.5-point dogs to New England. Again, didn't cover that one. Then they were 14.5-point dogs to Baltimore. On the other side of things, Pittsburgh was favored by 14 points earlier this year in Week 9 against the Dallas Cowboys. And the Dallas Cowboys covered that one. So the only time Pittsburgh shows up on this list is this year. This will be the fourth time this year alone, which will be the most times in the last 10 years that there have been 14-point dogs at home. The Bengals being the 14-point dogs against Pittsburgh. Fourth time this year. Now, given that they're 14-point dogs and that 14-point underdogs have covered five out of 11 attempts so far, about 50% of the time, a little bit less. If Zach Taylor covers 14 points, is that a moral victory? Or does Vegas moral victories just not matter for a head coach? The answer is yes and no, (laughs) because I I certainly think there is a, a moral victory aspect to Monday night's matchup. I don't think it has anything to do with the 14 point line. Like it may not be a moral victory and the Bengals lose 20 to seven. So they still cover, 
but th- there's no moral victory. And, and, and so that's the, the key here. But yeah, I, I think there is for Zach. I think, look, he has a lot to prove. And when you're going up against the top five NFL coach in my eyes and Mike Tomlin, a team that has a future Hall of Fame quarterback and it's just way more talented than your guys. If you can hang around and look like a well-coached team, look buttoned up, you know, it, that's the problem, right? With losing to to Dallas and, and I get it, the three fumbles, he can't control it. That's the argument. At the same time, it looks undisciplined. It, it doesn't look buttoned up. And, and so I think there is a, the how does matter over the final three weeks for Zach Taylor. And it certainly matters on Monday night football against the team that is supposed to be your division rival, but has beat you down, has has pummeled you over the past few years, Zach Taylor included. He's 0-3, only one win in the division, and, and that was to a, a hapless, helpless Freddie Kitchens-led Cleveland Browns team last year. So it uh, it's a big night for Taylor, and it doesn't mean – it can be a successful night. He wouldn't admit this, but it can be a successful night on Monday without winning and I don't know the exact score, right? I don't think it's necessarily a numbers thing. It's it's the how you look, how it feels. When we jump on Locked on Bengals to do the post game, how do we feel about the job Zach Taylor did? And, and I think that that, that does matter uh, for better or worse, for the betterment of you know, the Bengals' future. I do think that does matter for, for Taylor's future with the Bengals and beyond. I feel like I know how you're going to feel when you jump on the po- post game podcast, James. You're going to be tired. It's going to be like <laughs> one o'clock in the morning for you. But yeah, I mean, if we feel if, if I feel like again for like the fourth Sunday, I guess Monday in this case in a row, I want to use an episode title of it's Groundhog Day again, which Paul Daner educated us about. That was a uh, Cincinnati Enquirer headline using day spelled D-E-Y. And I, I vaguely remember that now that he told us about it. Uh if I'm tempted to use that headline again or that that episode title again, that will mean things didn't go very well. But if instead it has the feel of a competitive game, I don't know, maybe, maybe actually that doesn't even move the needle. I guess if they're competitive with Ryan Finley against these Pittsburgh Steelers, it's different from being competitive in the games where he didn't finish earlier this year with Joe Burrow. That is the the specific difference that is the unique difference in this game versus games that they didn't close in the first half of the season I just don't know if for the fans anything will really be enough I just don't know what he can do at this point I feel like a lot of fans out there actually just blame him for getting Joe Burrow hurt and that made him irredeemable and for those fans certainly nothing matters at this point for the Bengals front office, though, you can bet that this matters. Performance is going to matter down the stretch. I, I was actually thinking about this a little bit over the weekend. Somebody asked me on Twitter, what are the coaches in the past that the Bengals have been too patient with? And th- these are the Dave Shulas, the Bruce Coslets, maybe even the Dick LeBeaus, the the first head coaches under Mike Brown after Sam Weish, essentially. And one thing that a lot of those guys had in common is they would finish the season strong. And one thing that that kept Marvin Lewis around, I think, some of those years, is they would find fool's gold at the back half of the season. And this was actually something that I mentioned, I think, earlier this year about this team. The way the schedule looked, there was very much a chance with Joe Burrow that they were going to find fool's gold at the back half of the season. Without him, they're totally lost. But 
this is something that Mike Brown has shown that he cares about in the past. So if Mike is still making decisions, I think that how they finish matters a great deal. I was also talking with Chris Rowling, who does, I think, the Bengals wire. And I think one of the more likely scenarios, if Zach Taylor does get fired, is Mike Brown sees how it's going and he pulls the plug on his kid's experiment. And then on the other side of that coin is, well, this is Katie and and Duke's first guy. Do they give him an extra chance to try to prove themselves right? So there's a lot of different ways this could go. We're obviously speculating to a high degree about the dynamics in the Bengals front office. But those are just some interesting things that come up when you think about late season performance and and which way it might go for Zach Taylor. And that's why the how matters so much, like you said, because Marvin Lewis kept his job. I believe it was the end of the 2017 season. Andy Dalton finds Tyler Boyd, game winner against Baltimore. And Mike Brown then, after that game, made his, they are still bought in, we're not that far away. Like that's on record. That's out there. And so that, that matters a ton. So when I, in getting back to the start of this, this segment, you're looking at the betting lines, 43 to nothing, new England just crushes Miami. If it's 43 to nothing on Monday night, the how is certainly going to matter because that's a, a, a an embarrassment in national TV. And I don't know if you recover from that at the same time, if it's, 23-16 and the Bengals get the ball to, to Ryan Finley late in the fourth quarter and he throws the game losing pick six or whatever the house still matters there that the, they're in the game that late and, and Zach Taylor will probably get credit from this front office so yeah we are guessing there's no doubt about that we don't know for sure I think the Bengals would certainly like to bring Taylor back I also hope, and I don't know this, I also hope he has to show something starting with Monday night in the Steelers matchup that that shows, hey, I deserve another shot despite my just awful, awful record at 424-1 and and likely 427-1. and I did say this also on Twitter just while we're on the topic because we can't seem to escape. I don't think we've gotten through a full episode without talking about Zach Taylor's future since Joe Burrow got hurt or maybe the week after. But since we're on the topic... If, if Taylor is back and this front office also brings Jim Turner back, and we talked about this with Paul Daner Jr. Uh, last week, almost all of the content that I create about the Cincinnati Bengals in the, in the year that follows is going to be, you guys decided to keep Jim Turner. And, and it's been a big topic this year. But if Jim Turner's back and the offensive line isn't a top third offensive line in the NFL, I think that that is negligent endangerment of a quarterback, which isn't a crime. I made that up, but that that's what it looks like. They know exactly what they get out of Jim Turner at this point. And so maybe Zach Taylor comes back. I can, I can envision that. Ugh. I know. I, I'm not saying that I think that it's the right thing to do, but I can envision it. Uh, but, that, that's just my Zach Taylor's back sound. Ugh. I know. I know. But if if Turner's back and Taylor's back, I mean, I'm I'm using my platform to revolt. Coming up next, let's talk a little bit about the actual game itself, some of the interesting matchups, some of the players that maybe are fighting for contracts and what we're looking for from them on the Bengals side, at least, on Monday night. 
The Bengals are in action on Monday night, and maybe you want to bet them and take the 14 points. Or maybe you're taking the Steelers so you can kind of hedge things. If the Bengals fall flat on their face, you can get some money in your pocket. Maybe you want to bet on the Bearcats in the Peach Bowl. Whatever the case may be, there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust here on Locked on Bengals, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. With the playoffs right around the corner and the NFL season wrapping up, you might as well put some money in your pocket. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's wrap up our Monday night preview episode, James, by actually talking about the Monday night football game that's ahead of us and not focusing, I guess, on Ryan Finley. Is there anything you're excited to watch this week or tonight, depending on when folks are listening to this? For me, there are a couple matchups that seem sort of interesting on paper. There are some players on the Pittsburgh side of the ball that, well, one player on the Pittsburgh side of the ball that I'm interested to see how he plays, but... I I just I'm struggling to find the things for Bengals fans outside of just a few matchups that are going to be fun to watch. We talk about proving ourselves right with Ryan Finley and Zach Taylor. William Jackson, the third's having a really nice year. What better way to kind of put a bow on it than going up against Deontay Johnson and uh, Chase Claypool and obviously Juju Smith Schuster. I mean, you're talking about a really talented group of Steelers wide receivers Jackson could kind of put the finishing touches on what's been a really good year for him in a contract season. And I think uh, I think that's one matchup I'm certainly looking forward to. And if there are any like of the three guys, I would want Jackson most on either Johnson, but they move him around a lot or Claypool because those guys have the speed to get downfield. And I, I think Jackson can gives them the the Bengals the best chance of keeping up with those two. And Johnson also has that shiftiness, and that has sometimes given William Jackson trouble. It gives every man corner trouble. The double moves, the quick out-of-break stuff, that's hard for anybody to deal with. But William Jackson does have a bit of a marquee matchup against some pretty good wide receivers this week. Just like you mentioned, James, they all have their own strengths. You got Chase Claypool downfield, the vertical threat, Deontay Johnson with that agility that we talked about. The other things that I think are going to be interesting while the Bengals defense are on the field is on the field, I should say. Carl Lawson, this is a pretty decent matchup for him against a solid-ish Pittsburgh offensive line and Ben Roethlisberger, who has been getting the ball out lightning quick this year. Can he generate any pressure? It's uh, coming down to the wire for both of these guys on the defense in terms of making decisions about who you want to try to extend, what their price tags will be, who, if anyone, you want to try to put a franchise tag on. And then, of course, Jesse Bates every week is somebody that you're watching for Bengals fans. The Steelers, they said earlier this week, the Steelers are practicing the deep ball, the vertical throws more this week. 
if that comes into the game, that means Jesse Bates will have a chance to make a play on some of those deep passes from Ben Roethlisberger. So those guys on the defensive side of the ball, Sam Hubbard, to some degree, he had a nice week last week. Can he keep that up? Can he finish strong? Can he prove me wrong? I've been one of the more vocal critics, I think, of Sam Hubbard and him being just kind of an average player out there. He was good last week. He can continue that this week. When the Bengals are on the field on offense, it's wide receivers all day, right? You got that farewell-looking video from A.J. Green from the Bengals organization late in the week. Is is A.J. going to be able to break Chad Johnson's touchdown record? You got three weeks to do it. This uh, scoring a touchdown in this game goes a long way in, in getting there. Tyler Boyd in the slot, always interesting to watch. And, and T. Higgins. So the wide receivers, when the Bengals are on offense, this is a secondary that has been solid. They've obviously been helped a lot by a really good pass rush. But can they get separation, even if they're not catching passes? Can they get separation? Can they get open? Can they execute the concepts? These are some things to at least watch and and hopefully see some progress from guys like Higgins and and see AJ Green hopefully if this is the end of his time in Cincinnati finish strong and I'm not saying hopefully it's the end of his time in Cincinnati necessarily because I, I don't know how that's going to shake out yet but if it is you'd like to see him finish on a high note like we saw with Andy Dalton last year sure you absolutely would uh, I want the best for AJ uh, I <laughs> I still think that he has uh, a little more to give, and he probably feels that way. And I think that was part of the reason why that video was released like it was. But you're right. I mean, there are some interesting matchups. And it's crazy because I, I thought of of the Bengals receivers, Tyler Boyd would still be the most consistent with Burrow out, right? Naturally, he's you know the slot receiver. He's going to be a quarterback's best friend, all of those things. And that just hasn't been the case outside of the quick screen that he takes to the house on a kind of a busted play by the the Dolphins defense a few weeks ago. He hasn't done much. And I think you have to get Tyler Boyd going. If you want to convert on third downs and you want to be efficient on offense and all of those things, he's the guy that helps you do that. And uh, that part of it, because he did work with Ryan Finley last year. I wonder if we'll see him kind of emerge a little bit. And then there is the Pittsburgh connection as well. Uh, obviously, he wants to do well and play at a high level anytime he plays the Steelers. Uh, and then on the flip side, as, as far as the the Steelers go on offense, I do wonder if this is the week they say, and you mentioned the deep ball. I, I just, at some point, they got to run the ball, right? At some point, it, like it's Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what they do, at least to a degree. And they haven't done it really at all this season. And if they're going to to do what they need to do to beat Baltimore in the playoffs or beat whoever you think that they might be able to beat in the playoffs, Kansas city. Are they really going to win a shootout with Kansas city or are they going to have to kind of play keep away with Patrick Mahomes and have some kind of a ground game? And and so that's, that's the other thing here is I wonder if they look at the Bengals and say, all right, let's try to establish somewhat of a run uh, running game and, and build our confidence a little bit in that area because they haven't been able to do it this season. It would certainly be a good time to do it. I, I was reading, did you know Ben Roethlisberger has attempted the fewest play-action passes in the NFL this year? And and the the second fewest, I think, is Andy Dalton, who's played like a quarter of the amount of games as Roethlisberger. Whew. That's crazy. You would, <laughs> you would think that that would be a weapon for Pittsburgh, but may, maybe that is the, the coaching staff not having a belief in the play-action pass when you don't have a running game going at all. Certainly would be a week to try to get the running game going. I agree with that. The Bengals, 
in, in these games where they get down, it's just hard. And, and we saw it actually, Ohio State fans saw this with the, the Ohio State Northwestern game on Saturday. They saw the passing game having issues. They saw a, a team that was more athletic, had a late game lead, just started leaning on the running game and just put that thing on ice. Pittsburgh would benefit from finding that. Of course, I don't think that they really will against good teams. I, I don't think this Pittsburgh Steelers team is nearly as good as its record, and I think that they will have significant struggles in the playoffs, but I also will always think that about the Pittsburgh Steelers and certainly always root for that. Uh, last thing to talk about, James, offensive line. This is not likely to be very pretty, but if it is, maybe I'll have to come back and sing Jim Turner's praises a little bit. The, the thing that we have to be careful of, and Paul Daner pointed this out, is that there was a point in the year when people were saying, hey, Jim Turner is doing a good job. And of course, I would push back against that narrative. And, and I think I did at the time by saying they're getting the ball out quicker. Joe Burrow is adapting. The offense is changing the way they're calling plays. And they are to some degree using their personnel to, to their strengths. It doesn't mean the offensive line is necessarily playing better. I think that that's reflected in their pass rush or their pass block and run block win rates from ESPN next gen stats. I think that's reflected in their PFF grades. But is Hakeem Adenergy going to get another shot? Are they going to get another Xavier Suofilo, Quentin Spain combination? How will they play against a very, very good defensive line? And on the Pittsburgh side of the ball, one of the guys I really liked in the draft, Alex Highsmith from Charlotte is Bud Dupree's replacement. He's had one good game, one not-so-good game. And I I kind of expect him to have a pretty good game this week against the Bengals' offensive line, but he is a guy I liked in the draft and a guy that the Bengals might have to face for quite a while here if he develops in Pittsburgh. So while I think James and I both expect this game to be ugly, you heard us earlier this week talking about how excited we would be to line up and take the Pittsburgh Steelers against the spread if we had to bet and, and certainly think that the Pittsburgh Steelers win straight up. There are at least some things where if we really use our imaginations and really stretch our attention spans are actually interesting and impactful for this team's future if that's what you're looking for on Monday Night Football. And I know that a lot of people are. I know that a lot of people are watching this team and they want to see something in the future. Hopefully those things give you some ideas or, or reinforce the things that you are already going to watch We'll be back on Monday night late with a game recap that you probably won't hear until Tuesday because it won't be out until the wee hours of the morning after Monday night football. But I hope you all enjoy the primetime game. And until that postgame show, have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.